What makes the good life the good life? This podcast is on a mission to find out. So join us as we explore the Heartland's best and most honest voices. Venture to all four corners of York County, because when it comes to quality of life, it's all about keeping it local. Brought to you by the York County Development Corporation, this is 17 County, Season 4, with a spotlight on York College. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to like, subscribe, and review this podcast, 17 County Podcast. Doing so helps grow our podcast, and we would appreciate the help uh, from our listeners. Uh, we'd also like to take the time to uh, thank our, uh, yeah, the members of YCDC. Um, without them, we wouldn't be able to do uh, all the all the great things that we do here. So I would like to thank, you know, um, you know, members such as A Plus Construction, uh, members such as Cornerstone Bank, uh, York General, um, Union Bank. Um, things of that nature. So uh, we really, we really appreciate um, those members and everything they they do for us. Um, so if you would like to see some of our members, uh, feel free to check them out at our membership directory um, at yorkdevco.com. That's york d e v c o dot com. And so we'll jump right into the interview. Today we are joined by a person um, who grew up here in York, um, but started their professional career um, not here in York, uh, but eventually found their way back. Um, she has a love for education and, and a passion for uh, helping her students succeed and finding their passions. Uh, Sarah has been a faculty member with York College since about 2016, uh, where she is responsible for um, the introduction to education class, education psychology, uh, instructional technology, um, and teaching uh, language arts classes. Uh, so today I welcome Sarah Van Gompel to the podcast. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, so this first little fun segment. Um, gonna kind of have kind of a little fun thing um you're walking through uh i want you to imagine you're walking through beaver creek trails you stumble upon this time machine that's just just kind of sitting there and on it is a note um, that says there's enough energy in this in this little time pod for one trip for you to go somewhere and then come back um when are you choosing and, and where do you go i guess Wow, tough question there. My 10-year-old would love this question. He loves the, the concept of time travel, reads lots lots of books connected to that. So I'll have to share this question with him uh, later on today or possibly let him listen to the interview. But um, so, you know, as I reflect on that, Beaver Creek makes me think of a couple of things, leisurely walking, but also running, training for sports programs. So I have bittersweet feelings about Beaver Creek Trail, but uh, <laughs> back to the time travel. So, you know, this, um, this is the first year and um, kind of sad to admit, but it's the first year that I have actually decided to read through the entire Bible. And so I'm following a podcast called Bible Recap after I read um, each day um, in the scriptures. So one of the places I would love to go is Jerusalem and just back to those Bible times. Um, the podcast that I listen to just really brings it to life. Um, you know, what happened um, helps you feel as if you're there. I'm thinking through the map of where everything happened. Um, and so it's, it's just been amazing to the fact that she can bring it, um, bring it to life. So that is one place I would like to go, um, as I've read about all of those places this year. And then the fun side of me is thinking, I love back to the future. So heading back to the fifties would be pretty awesome. Love pool no skirts 
poodle skirts, love the music, um, you know, all that fun. And so that would be a fun time, I think. Yeah, no, it, it would be a lot of fun, no, for sure, for sure. And the, the big stark thing that I'm seeing in my mind, right, is just you'd have less people with like distractions, or at least I would imagine, you know, people walking around with their phones or it'd be interesting to see that time period. I grew up with pretty much almost my entire life, there's been cell phones. And so it'd be kind of interesting to see um, the flip side of that. I guess you wouldn't have to go back to the fifties to kind of experience that, but I mean, there's less, I mean, radio is still kind of coming out and all that kind of fun stuff. Um, so yeah, I think that would have been a lot of fun. Um, so we'll kind of jump into the interview here. So talk to me a little bit about what it was like growing up here, here in York. Love. I love York, Nebraska. Um, my parents, you know, when we moved here, they actually purchased what was an old dorm, um, on campus and moved the house. So really crazy. But so I grew up across Miller park, the three baseball mm-hmm. fields there, there's yeah. a house right across there. It's white now pretty tall house. Um, mm-hmm. so they moved the house over there. So I have lots of memories of baseball and softball, not necessarily playing them, but you know, people passing, coming and going, the lights being turned on, um, the railroad tracks, you know, that bridge over there. I was just um, going to say <laughs> the big green bridge was probably yes. a staple of your childhood. Yes. Yes. The big green bridge, watching trains pass, being up there at the top, Um, I remember riding my bike down one or two times, which was not following the rules. I'm not really a rule breaker, but I do remember that a couple of times. That was Um, always a fun rule to break. Yeah, for (laughs) sure. Um, You know, I remember the York County Fair growing up, just going out there and 4-H being such a big thing. I remember my first pin cushion that I made, taking it, entering it. Um, and then a big part was my parents owned and ran the country kitchen. Um, and so I grew up in the restaurant business and, um, got to be part of that, um, with the small town feel of guys coming in for coffee or, you know, ladies coming in to play cards in the afternoon and asking my dad how his kids are doing and, you know, just that type of thing. It was a, it was a fun atmosphere and then eventually worked there. Um, as I got older. So those are just a few things um, that I think of when I think about growing up in York. And so you were, you were pretty involved. It sounded like, were you able to do sports or anything like that? Or did working at the uh, family business kind of take up some of your afternoons and evenings? You know, I did, I played basketball, um, I think through part of high school, um, but soccer was my big sport. So I played um, keeper for the girls soccer team. Um, and it was newer. Um, the sport had been, you know, introduced. It wasn't too long before I had entered into high school there with York High. Um, so soccer was probably my biggest sport, but I was really involved with Dukes and Duchesses and choir. And I was in the plays and I played the saxophone. And so lots of, lots of busyness. Um, so it was fun. Great, great. And so how did you arrive upon your college? Did you Um, Did you always know growing up here that you kind of wanted to go to York College or was there a connection? Um, How did you land upon York College? Well, you know, I, I, York College was, you know, part of my life growing up. I went to the basketball games and went to all the sporting events and um, my, we were connected to college students. Um, We even had a couple college students live with us at different times. Um, And so I was always around it. 
um, but hadn't, wasn't like a diehard. Yes. I'm going to go to York college. So I think it was my sophomore or junior year. I picked like four or five colleges to go to. Um, and so my parents took, I knew I wanted to go to a Christian school. Um, so we ventured out, um, to Oklahoma and to Arkansas and to Texas maybe, um, and visited several schools and I, um, liked all of them, but just kind of came back to really, really liked York. I liked the small feel of York, um, the, you know, and I'll talk about it a little bit later, but I feel like there were lots of opportunities to shine. Um, and I actually knew some of the professors, um, just because of church or different, different things like that. And so it was, it was kind of a safe haven, um, place to, to kind of get to spread my wings and not live at home, but have be, have home be accessible. So I can't remember how the arrangements kind of work, but with you being in York, were you allowed to live at home or did you have to live on campus for those first two or three years? Um, I I could have lived at home, but chose to live on campus just to be more part of that world and to be a little more independent in that way. And, you know, we talk about the YC experience. Um, and so just really wanting to have that YC experience, I didn't know if living at home could possibly jeopardize that or draw me away. And so that's why I chose to live on campus. Is your dorm still on campus? Is your like, yes, it is. In fact, you know, they changed, uh, my office, I think, one of my dorm rooms is like right above me where my office is now on campus, which is really weird. You know, some days I sit in there and I'm like, I really fit in this room, like my bed and everything, because <laughs> it seems so small. Um, but yeah, so right. Like the floor above me, I think my sophomore year was, was my room. So kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. You go around, you do all these different things, you travel different places and you come back and you end up almost yep. right where you started. It's, it's a small world in many ways. <laughs> exactly. That, that's, that's really cool. Um, and so what about education kind of interested you? Uh, that was your, your major as an undergrad. So how did you kind of land at education? Well, so, you know, actually I, my first love was psychology um, uh, have just, you know, I worked at, um, the boys home here in York, um, in, I can't remember what it was called. Epworth. Epworth. Yeah. Epworth village. So I was a life skills trainer at Epworth village. Um, and I just had a real passion for psychology. So I actually, that was my first major was psychology. I majored in psychology and then as I was going through my psychology classes and reading about the brain and reading about how people learn, I was just thinking, holy cow, I could make such a difference in the classroom. Like understanding how students learn, understanding about how important relationships are, um, you know, understanding uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know, all those things that we learn in psychology, I just thought, wow, I could just really make a difference. And so I just decided to double major and um, tacked on elementary education with the psychology. Some of you who are listening might know Courtney Nixon, but she was a second grade teacher um, Mm -hmm. at York Elementary. So I had the privilege of student teaching with her and just loved it. I mean, amazing experience. Um, 
still keep up with her today. Just got a Christmas card yesterday um, from her. So um, it was just an amazing experience. And, and I'm so glad that I, you know, decided to pursue the education with the psychology. And I tell my ed majors all the time, you know, in every job I've had, I use my psychology degree. <laughs> so mm-hmm. but I, I used it in the classroom all the time. I use it with, you know, the peers that I was working with. And so it was such a valuable add-on, uh, you know, I look, the education was the add-on, but really that's what I pursued, but, um, both have been great, um, as I learn and grow as a professional. Definitely. I mean, Courtney Nixon, I mean, not a better person to learn from. I mean, such a passion for educating the youth and yes. uh, she was a great second grade teacher. I had Beth Lucas at the time. Oh, um, was, and I love Beth. Yes. So yep. she, she was right across the hall. So positive and encouraging and yeah, yeah, she had all of her frogs. Uh, she had the the, the frog. Uh, what was it? the st- frog and toad? Um, that okay. was always her big thing. She she really liked that book, and so she had well, so many of those yeah. decorations in her room. Yeah. So no, that was a great group of uh, of women uh, to learn from and everything. Yes. Uh, so your time as an undergrad, um, how how kind of was that? What was your experience like? You talked about the YC experience. Um, yeah. What was your, what was your YC experience? How how would you describe your time? Well, you know, the nice thing about York College is you can go to York and I feel like you can shine in the areas where you feel like you have talents. And so, you know, I played soccer for York and I was in the choir, but you can also go to York and challenge yourself to grow in ways that maybe you haven't had a lot of experiences in, Um, you know, for example, being part of club or I was a Songfest hostess. Um, and, you know, in a bigger school, I would have maybe been intimidated to attempt those opportunities or maybe not even had the opportunity. And so I think that's just the great thing about York College is you get to shine and do what you love. And we have a lot of students that come to York because they want to play their sport or they want to, you know, do their thing. But while they're at York, they get to stretch and grow in other ways. And they actually realize gifts and strengths that they have that they didn't know they had, you know? And so I feel like there was just a lot of opportunities for me to grow spiritually and to grow as a person and to it, the campus is very relational. And so to grow in relationships was probably the highlight, you know, of my experience at York with not only my peers, but with my professors you know, our classes, generally speaking, are smaller in size compared to most schools. And so there truly is a relationship with the teacher and the student. It goes beyond the academics, for sure. Um, And I can vouch for that on the student side, and I can vouch for that on the professor side now. Um, So I I would say that's one of the biggest positives. No, without a doubt, it seems like a a great time. And I've always really kind of admired that about your college is how um, it's about the the experience and how it, you know, it's, you know, you're getting an education, and, but it's about growing as a person. It's more than just the education. It's the education about yourself and learning more about yourself and everything like that. So I think that's a phenomenal mission and phenomenal um, part of your college. So breaking into teaching, um, how did you um, find your first uh, professional role? Um, did you have to look far and wide or was it something that kind of came to you? What was a little bit about that kind of process? 
So we looked at a map. I, I met my husband at York. Um, and so he played soccer too. He was a keeper for the boys team. Um, so we had a lot in common and, you know, it, at York, we talk about transformation and he is the ultimate transformation story came from no religious background at all. Um, no church, um, all he, he just showed up to try out for soccer one day. And so made the team ended up at York and the rest is history. Um, but part of our move to Wichita was connected to his transformation. Um, and I'll share this as quick as I can. We, one of the students at York, he was a soccer player and he passed away um, driving back to York one weekend. He was the keeper for the boys team um, in Concordia. There was a head on with a semi. It was icy that night. Um, so we were both super close to him and through losing um, Brian, we became really close to his family. Um, and so his family was actually from Wichita, Kansas, and we had been there several times to visit them. So when we were considering, you know, where we were going to move, we decided, um, let's move to Wichita and we'll find jobs there because we had been to the church there. We knew we had a good support system. We knew that, um, his family lived there. And so that's kind of what we did. And, um, God just blessed us through that. And actually, Brian's dad ended up baptizing Ken. So it's kind of a neat full circle story, but um, they're super close to us today. And we're, we go back and forth. And when we moved to York, we're really sad to, to leave them, but um, we just kind of moved in faith knowing that God would provide. And so um, I actually ended up at a school where two York college graduates taught. And so um, connections, big time, small world, um, mm -hmm. You know, Wichita, Kansas basically gives you a contract and then you go to the schools and interview and you accept or not. So I ended up at a school with two grads. One of the guys I went to high school with, Scott McCall. I don't know if you know the McCalls at all, but um, he worked at that school. Um, and so it was um, South Wichita, 93% free and reduced, very, very poor area, um, lots of diversity. Um, I had, you know, eight ELL students. Um, I had, I think maybe five Caucasian students, um, you know, six or seven African-Americans. So it was very diverse, um, a very high need, um, school, but absolutely loved it. Like, um, it was amazing. And I actually got to loop with those students. So I taught them first grade and then I got to go to second grade with them. Um, and that was so fun. Um, just really focused on relationships that year and, um, had a lot of fun in the classroom. It was a first grade classroom um, and just really enjoyed it. So that was my start. So that was your first classroom. Was that your only classroom or I guess how many? So I had lots of opportunities with the Wichita schools to do different things. So I was in the classroom um, for a few years and then um, I switched schools because somebody sent me a message saying, hey, we could really use you over here. So I became a reading specialist um, and I just got to teach reading all day. Reading is my passion. Teaching first and second graders how to read, just love it. Um, but I actually in that school got to work with K through fifth. So I had fifth graders that didn't get, didn't know how to read. And so my challenge was, how can I connect to what they like? How can I get them in love with the book? How can I, you know, so it was, it was amazing that time um, as a reading teacher. 
Then I got another message and somebody said, Hey, we would really like you to work with, um, as an instructional coach. And so I kind of switched gears. And so that was more working with new teachers and doing a lot of mentoring and staff development. Um, and so I got to go into classrooms and model lessons and teachers that had questions or wanted to work on a specific area. Um, I got to work with them and had lots of training um, for as far as like a career move. It was a really good career move. Um, seeing all angles of how a school system works um, and made a big difference that way, which was awesome. And then my true passion is ELL. It was part of my master's. And so I, you know, I did that a few years and I was thinking, I really miss the kiddos because I was working with a lot of adults, a lot of teachers. And so uh, a position opened up that was not totally full-time. I was in the middle of raising three boys. And so um, I took that position. And so for about nine years, worked with ELL students. So students that do not have English as their first language um, got to use strategies and help make learning come alive for them um, and just worked with small groups of students. So I would be working with all kinds of teachers at a school K through five and just pulling small groups are going in to support the teacher and team teaching with them. Um, and so I got to do that. So lots of experience and um, variety and learning lots. I was probably, you know, with some of my support positions in about 10 different schools throughout the years. Um, and then I also worked for, um, we were from Andover, which is a suburb of Wichita. And so I worked for them part-time and Wichita part-time in the ELL programs. Um, so I got to see, you know, what does it look like in a school that has high poverty and what does it look like in an affluent school? And there's mm -hmm. issues in both schools <laughs> and, you know, definitely good and bad in both schools parent involvement, there's issues and good things in both schools. And so, but it is starkly different because, you know, the school in Andover was 7% free and reduced. The school in Wichita was 97%. So it was like, you know, all across the board and a lot of um, students in Andover were, you know, adopted or foreign exchange students. And so Wichita was different. And so it was a great experience and I'm just continuing to learn and um, enjoy working with all ages. <laughs> you certainly got a lot of exposure um, to different, um, I mean, demographics, I mean, different styles. I mean, just the different, yeah. I mean, kids are going to be kids no matter where you put them, but I mean, right. their, their upbringings are kind of, kind of the big influencers of, you know, how they act and everything like that. And so that's it's very interesting how you got to kind of get see, um, kind of both sides I guess if you will no that's really cool so during that time yeah you you, you got to do a lot with um, what it means to be an educator or be a teacher um, as you will um, not typically what most people think of as an educator um, but it was really cool you know to kind of see you kind of progress as you um, were, were helping more teachers and so how did you transition to wanting to be the teacher of the teachers I'm guessing that that mentor part that you really uh, that you got to do with that staff development and instructional coaching you, you kind of found a really big passion with that um, but I kind of like to hear how you kind of transitioned um, to being that in that role you know I am a firm firm believer in like God guiding me and God guiding us 
And so our move to York was, um, you know, we had been praying for a couple of years about, we loved Andover, we loved Wichita, loved our church there, loved our neighborhood and our schools. Um, but just being, um, there's something about York, you know, and my parents lived here. My sister lives here. Um, so cousins are here, grandparents are here. And so we just thought, you know, it would be awesome to raise our children in York. The nice thing about York is you, there's a broad range of socioeconomic levels in York. And so you get a little bit of everything. And in Wichita, um, in the schools, they were in Andover schools and it was very affluent. Um, so lots of wealth, of course, we weren't necessarily part of that, but our, our kiddos were being influenced by that. Um, and so that thought crossed our mind. Um, and so we were just like, if there's ever an opportunity, um, you know, and, um, my husband found a position, um, and he currently works with at UTC, um, here in York. So, um, he's enjoying that. He had an aerospace background from Wichita, worked in aerospace for several years. And then what, what are the chances that a position opens up in York, Nebraska in aerospace? It's like crazy. Um, so that was great. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, for me, like I wasn't necessarily thinking, oh, I definitely want to be a professor, but it's just kind of how things came to be and the opportunity presented itself. Um, and so I applied for the position and, you know, I knew I wanted to be in education. Um, I wasn't for sure exactly where I would land. Um, but the, you know, I, I, when you are training teachers to be teachers, you think about the impact that you can have, like you can have a lot of impact with students, but when I hear from my teachers that are out in the trenches right now, all over the U S um, telling me about their day or how they talk to a parent or the light bulb moment with the child going on. I'm like, wow, that is so far reaching, not necessarily me, but just being part of that, you know, getting to experience that, getting to hear about that. Um, it's amazing. I had a, a second year teacher, um, zoom in on my intro to ed class and shared, and, you know, I saw her when she was a freshman in college and to see the growth from, you know, two years into teaching and being a freshman in college, it's just amazing. Um, and being part of that process is such a blessing. And, you know, the nice thing about college students is you are the teacher and they are the student, but you also get to end up being friends on the other side and possibly peers and maybe even coworkers. Um, and I'm a peer with my professors that I went to college with, you know, like I had Frank Wheeler and now he's a peer. Um, and so that's kind of really neat to see that transpire and to get to be part of that. So it's not something that I sought out and said, this is the track I'm definitely on, but it found me and I'm just so thankful. And, um, it's been a real blessing in my life. No, that's, that's really cool. Um, what were kind of your initial struggles, I guess, or your initial challenges, um, you know, becoming a you know professor with having to come up with maybe, you know, some curriculum or come up with, you know, how you're going to, you know, lead your classes or anything like that? I think, um, well, you definitely have curriculum that you use. And uh, one, of, one of the hard parts for me is, you know, in the classroom, I, I was very organized, but I also had to be very flexible. 
And in college, you give them the course guide and the syllabus on day one. And, you know, as a teacher in, I'm just kind of like, <gasps> it's hard because as you learn and understand your students, you change what you do. And sometimes you change the track. And so that finite, this is what we're doing when this is when the test is, this is, you know, that was hard for me. Um, because I want to adhere to that and follow through with that because that's what the students are expecting. But at the same point in time, losing some of the flexibility that I had with my students in the classroom, it was really difficult because I would, you know, after a lesson, I would say, oh my goodness, we really need to refocus on this and I need to reteach this or there it's a deer in headlights with this skill. And then I'm like, oh my goodness, but the test is set for this day. And so I, I think that's been one of the hardest things is um, just wrestling with that in, you know, and in the classroom, you do stay on schedule too, but there's just, you know, you're not giving them in print, here's what's going to happen. And they're not holding you to it, so to speak. <laughs> so um, that was a, a big adjustment. I think another big adjustment for me in the classroom is so I think that sometimes um, in the college world, it can be a little more emotionally taxing um, because, you know, I'm dealing with students that have mental health issues and I'm dealing with students that, you know, are juggling jobs and students that are losing parents. And that happened a little bit in the classroom, but the emotional aspect of the college realm, um, it's just been a different world compared to first grade. So, um, <laughs> so that's been, uh, you know, a big adjustment, you know, on my part, but at the same point in time, there's so much opportunity with that. Um, I've been able to mentor and connect with students on a non-academic level, um, and help walk them through some storms. And so there's been lots of blessings amidst the struggle. <laughs> that makes it Oh, kind of worth it though. I mean, but your, um, your time here at, at YC, um, has it always been, you know, coming here? Has there ever been, you know, options to maybe go somewhere else? Have you had kind of an inkling to go anywhere? Um, you know, what about YC? And if not, what about YC kind of has made you want to stay here? You know, I would definitely say it's the people. Um, and, you know, my husband and I have both talked and we just, we like York for York. And I think you make lots of sacrifices, whether it be, you know, inconveniences or there could be a financial sacrifice, lots of different sacrifices to be in York, but we're both pretty passionate about um, it being worth it um, for our family and for our careers. There's, there's just kind of a peace and uh, it is really busy, but it's, it's not like a big town busy, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, um, lo I love that about it. Um, the support that I've received from my peers at, at the college has been amazing. Um, you know, I, I work with both D hearts, um, Aaron D heart and Bobby D heart teaching in my department. And, um, they have both been, you know, so supportive. Um, I, I don't know that I, like saw myself as the professor type, um, in many ways. Um, and so, uh, they've just really mentored me and helped me 
and um, brought me along and built confidence and, you know, that type of thing. Um, so I think a lot of it has to do with the people. I, I can't picture myself doing this same work somewhere else. And um, part of it might be my personality because I'm, I kind of like, uh, I don't like change. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm a little bit of a creature of habit, but um, but I think more than that, it's just the support and, and the people that I work with. And, you know, there's so many people that support the college. Um, a couple of our really good friends from Wichita, he's a board member. Um, and just even the support I receive from them from Wichita in appreciating the work, appreciating the dedication, um, keep doing what you're doing. I mean, it's, it's just amazing. Um, it's definitely um, a work that you really need to feel passionate about in order to, to be successful in it, because of course you're not in it for the money, you know, or even the accolades. Um, and so there just needs to be a true passion. And I really believe in the mission as far as transforming lives. I've seen it in my husband. I've seen it in myself. I've seen it in students since I started working, you know, at York. And so it's, it's a business and it's, it's just a lot more about, there's a lot more than academics going on at your college. It, it certainly makes, you know, when you work somewhere, when you can see that mission, you know, coming to life and actually being enacted or enacted and everything like that, that makes all the work and everything, anything that could be considered a struggle or considered a challenge, um, just so much more bearable when you're, you're the fruits of your labor are really being lived out. And so that, that that's great. And that's something that um, I've also, yeah, really, really appreciated about your college. Um, so, you know, just life here in York in general, um, kind of what, um, kind of what did you appreciate as a youth growing up here and as an undergrad? And then maybe what was something that maybe you appreciated more, you know, as a professional when you came back or maybe something that you didn't realize, um, either one way or the other. Growing up, um, I just, the, so many opportunities, you know, in the schools to be involved and be part of something and you didn't have to be the best to be involved. Um, you could be so-so and still be part of the team and you could play and you could, you know, have time to get better. And, um, so I love that. Um, the small town feel the one finger wave from people. I mean, you know, that's all just, you go somewhere else and you just don't see that, you know, in, in the big city, you don't, you don't get to experience that. Um, I, I love the way, so, you know, from a child, I think I had a, the country kitchen was just such a huge part of our lives in growing up there, um, and connecting with people there. Um, and so that was a big part of my childhood, um, was that restaurant. Um, you know, as I grew up, I think my involvement in the schools and in my youth group was a big part of York, um, and, you know, working, working at the restaurant. Um, so all of that had a big impact on who, you know, I became as an individual. Um, and then like moving back, um, I see it with different eyes. I think in, um, yeah, I have three boys, so I have a 10th grader, an eighth grader and a fourth grader. And so I have last year and this year have a child in each school. Um, and so I view York from a raising children perspective, um, just being a mom. And I, I would say that it is a huge blessing. Um, my child can ride his bike 
um, to somebody else's house and be fine. Um, he's going to probably see a couple people outside that he knows and he's going to wave at them. Um, you know, he can ride his bike to his grandparents' house. Um, you know, when we go into a store downtown or go to a restaurant, we see people that we know. Um, so supportive. Um, one example I would say is, and I think of the term rally the troops, um, just the support that people are. Um, there was a message on Facebook earlier this week about Mahoney House. The residents were going to be in their rooms through the 28th. And somebody said, I want to make care packages for the residents. And it was like response after response. What can I do? What can I do? Can I give you money? What can I do? And I'm just like, that's York. Like, you know, just um, people are behind each other, supporting each other. And so it's, it's nice to raise your family in a, in a town where there is that much support. Um, and, you know, I do want to mention the schools because, you know, coming from Wichita, I had a son that moved in the middle of fifth grade and he was so sad because, you know, the middle of fifth grade, leaving all of his friends and the schools, I cannot say enough good about the York public schools. And we're not in the parochial schools, but I've, I've been in touch with them from a York college perspective. All the schools in York are just amazing. Um, the teachers are so committed and passionate. Um, it's just a real family feel. And my, you know, when my boy entered middle school after only having a semester here, he had an amazing experience at York middle school. The family, you know, every morning they go to their family and they, he was with, he was a sixth grader, but he knew seventh and eighth graders that had his back walking down the hall and, you know, that's York. And so I, I didn't appreciate it from those eyes as I grew up, but coming back, um, I really am really, um, seeing it in a new light as far as the community and the support that, that people are to each other. Um, so those are, those are some things that I see, um, just in all the different ages and stages of my experience with York. You nailed one of my favorite things about the school, the family. Um, that's my favorite thing about middle school was just being able to have that group to come together and, and, and do whatever. You had a teacher that you knew, you know, on a much personal level and everything like that, you know, yeah. that, that family aspect was it's very important too for kids at that age range, you know, they need to have, you know, you know, those, those people that they can turn to and trust. And so it's really, really cool. Yeah. And I will say, you know, in intro to ed, we talk about our school experiences. And so I have students from across all States in my intro to ed class and they're sharing. And it is really rare to hear a student share a positive experience about middle school, like my students, my own children experience to walk away from middle school, feeling good about themselves, feeling like they grew, feeling like they're connected to their teachers, the, the family feel it's, it's such a turning point in a child's life that time. And so I just can't say enough good about, you know, the schools and how much they care and the teachers. Um, but yeah, it's great. <laughs> You already mentioned a little bit about your family, your, your three sons. Talk to me a little bit about, you know, what your husband does and then, you know, maybe some other activities that you as a family, you know, kind of like to enjoy here in the, in the community. Yeah, well, um, so my boys are pretty passionate about soccer. Um, <laughs> they started playing soccer in Wichita. And so 
that's been a little bit of a struggle because this is a small town and this is where you play football, baseball and basketball, right? Which <laughs> so <laughs> and it hasn't always been that way though. We used to have such a phenomenal so- I mean not that we I mean the York Panther soccer's were I mean it's a yeah. Puma Panther Puma yes. soccer was great. Yes. Yes. And so it's been kind of a roller coaster, um, with soccer, you know, in mm-hmm. York, it's gone up, it's gone down, it's gone up, it's gone down. Um, so anyway, but they, they found their passions. And, um, of course, Andrew didn't get to play last spring with COVID, but he's hoping to play this spring. And, um, he found a team to play in, uh, Lincoln and then Charlie found a team in Grand Island, but they play pickup soccer all the time and play with the college guys and, you know, that type of thing. Um, so, and Andrew plays tennis and, um, Charlie's playing basketball and my youngest moved here early enough to where he's going to like all the sports. He wasn't influenced by the soccer craze in Wichita. So he's football, baseball. So very sports oriented family. Um, you know, we just like to be together. I, I was thinking about, you know, the blessings from COVID and I was talking to my husband the other night, um, just being able to eat together more often, um, there's bad things too, but we've had lots of family time and been able to connect. Um, so we are very involved with East Hill Church of Christ. Um, that's where we go to church and um, our kids are involved with the youth there. And we're Andrew and Ken were heading um, to Ecuador, but that got postponed because of COVID too. Um, so um, that's a big part of our life is um, serving at East Hill and being involved there. Um, we love to travel together. Um, and so this last summer we went to the big five in Utah, um, and it was more of a socially distanced vacation. Um, not a lot of people and got to see, um, lots of amazing country. Um, and so that was a lot of fun. Um, I'm trying to think, um, as far as my husband, he, at, he works um, at UTC and he um, is in supply chain. And so he works with being in charge of making sure that UTC has all of the parts and when the parts come in and when the, when everything goes out and he's big scheduling um, guy. And, you know, it's kind of weird because I've never seen his office because, you know, they have the regulations where you're not really supposed to go in unless, unless you're working there. Um, So I I get to hear a lot about it. And um, he's had Christmas parties before where I've met a lot of the people that he works with and stuff. Um, And so he's, he's pretty involved with that. I think we're, we just kind of like, you know, hanging out as a family and um, we have a dog like to go on a lot of walks um, enjoy spending time with family and, um, wonderful neighbors, amazing neighbors that we have, um, here in York, get to spend time with them. I think COVID's put a lot of things on halt as far as, um, I'm a big hospitality person. And so part of me feels like it's died because it's, you you just can't really be as hospitable as you want to be, um, you know, with COVID, but finding, you know, ways to serve and, um, connect. So this last part of the interview, I just kind of want to jump into some rapid fire questions. Um, These are just some fun questions to kind of round out the interview. First one here is favorite restaurant in York County. You know, I, it just kind of depends on the day. So I've always loved chances are it's, it's a favorite, but really, I also really like La Cocina. I think it's neat that a restaurant moves in that hasn't been here all along. 
and does so well. Um, it's, it's, you can get your food fast there and, um, it's a nice location. Um, so love La Cocina. And if we are on working real hard on our budget, love Wendy's cause you can do that four for four. And when I've got three boys that are, you know, hungry, it helps us, helps us stay on our budget. So, um, and you know, uh, so those are probably my top three faves. Uh, thoughts on York College uh, esports? I, I saw that your college is getting esports. Well, you know, I'm excited to learn more. I'm not brushed up on my esports skills. Um, you know, I do have three boys that that love playing on the field and love playing on the video games. They're wanting FIFA 21 and something else 21. And, and so, um, you know, I'm excited about it. I'm excited to learn more. It's a different realm and I think it's neat to go there. Um, I think it's exciting that, you know, it's a risk and it's not, but that just to kind of be on the cutting edge of something and York, um, embracing that and working through that. I I think that's neat for the college. And I guess I look at it generally as just an opportunity. Um, So I am not well-versed in esports, but I am looking forward to learning more about it. And I've had, I've heard lots of conversation in my um, classes about the money you can make with, (laughs) with the gaming. And I'm like, wow, there's some serious money to be made here. And so I just look forward to learning more about it. Uh, Favorite meal here in uh, either a homemade meal, or if there's a meal that you love to go get, what's, what's kind of a favorite meal of yours? So if I could choose anything, it would be the jumbo shrimp at chances are you just, I, it, it hasn't changed since I was a little girl and it's just, it's a favorite. Uh, favorite memory uh, here in York County that, that you maybe have? You know, I have um, several memories. Um, one being um, just my York High graduation. Um, that was a neat memory. Uh, but a more recent one is, um, I think, and this was before COVID, but um, all three of my boys like to act and they've been in several Yorkshire plays. Um, and so just getting them, getting to watch them on stage, um, specifically at the Yorkshire Playhouse has just been a real blessing. Um, it's just neat for them to get to partake in the opportunities that I had as a child. And they probably won't be a professional actor when they grow up, but they get to shine and enjoy and do something that they love. So that's something that I've really enjoyed. Um, favorite county or local event? What's something that you're always looking forward to? Something, um, um, you know, if I had to choose one thing, I would say it would be York Fest. Um, and partly because I, I don't participate in everything, but just the feel, the hometown feel, the small town feel. Um, everybody can be part of something, you know, that weekend. Um, it's a real family oriented weekend, um, lots of different opportunities, um, to do different things and just to kind of celebrate who we are and what we're about. Um, and so I really enjoy York Fest. Yeah, that's always one of my favorites too. It's, uh, you know, the, in the fall, it's starting to become a little bit nicer. You, you know, you have to have a jacket, but you can still wear shorts. You know, I really, really like that time of year and everything like that. So yeah, that's a really 
kind of fun, kind of fun event. Um, next segment I have here, it's called, you know, what's making us happy. Um, it's just kind of a fun segment where we talk about kind of the fun things going on in our lives that kind of, um, instead of focusing on some of the negative out there, just kind of bring some positivity into the world. Um, so I'll go ahead and go first. Uh, my, what I kind of want to talk about is what's making me happy right now is um, youth bowling. Um, I help coach the youth bowling program here in, uh, in York. Um, and so we've had um, some real good, uh, we just started the season in uh, the beginning of November. So we've had some meets under our belts and I'm real proud of where the, the bowlers are coming, uh, coming along. Um, we have a couple seniors who have never bowled before who are progressing and doing very well and learning the sport and becoming very good, uh, good at it. And so it's very unfortunate that they're seniors, but I'm very excited um, to kind of see them progress and, and everything like that. Um, and then we also had a freshman just last weekend. Um, he bowled a 200, 299. Um, so he got through all 11 frames, through through 11 strikes, and then got to the last frame and ended up only getting nine. He threw a really good ball. Um, he did everything right that he was supposed to. He just um, didn't get um, the luck that he, he had gotten. Um, not luck. Um, he, the rest of them were really good strikes, but you know, he didn't get the kind of extra carry that he had wanted. So um, he's only 14. We're looking forward to his future. So yeah, um, he's got a lot of opportunity in front of him. So um, I'm excited for, for him and, and everything um, and, and a lot of our other bowlers as well. So that's, what's making me happy right now. Awesome. Um, so just sharing, uh, I'll share a little bit about um, our youth group. Um, one thing that, um, I don't know, it brought a lot of joy, I would say. Um, sometimes happiness and joy are a little different. Um, and, you know, so, uh, but so last, a week ago, Wednesday, um, I had read an article about um, some, a family, I think, in a different town. They, um, they purchased poinsettias and they delivered them to a nursing home just so each resident would have a poinsettia. And I was like, wow, that's something simple and easy to do. Poinsettias are pretty cheap. Um, and I, I guess the residents just loved it. And so what our youth group decided to do is they got a list of the widows and widowers in our congregation, which when we counted up, we had 25, which is crazy. Um, and um, most of those individuals during this time of COVID have been, you know, home alone, doing church online, limited contact, found out that some of them don't even have access to like video, like to, to, you know, FaceTime their grandkids or to, it just, you know, so even if they wanted heart. to, they couldn't, I know it is just, it breaks your heart. And so what we did is, um, we had some benevolent money left. And so we're able to purchase about 25 points out of plants from Walmart. And then our youth group kids made a card for each, um, widow or widower, um, with a verse and shared just a positive message. And then families that we divided them up and families went out to deliver, um, the poinsettias. And the stories that I've heard from the deliveries, there was one delivery to Mahoney house because one of the lady lives there. And so the family actually sent a video to the nurse and the nurse played their message for the resident. Um, and she just loved it. And um, one of the families delivered to a lady and she said, when the lady opened up the door, tear, she just burst into tears. And so, you know, that brings a lot of joy um, and I'm so thankful for my family and my close circle during this time, but not everybody has that, 
You know, there are a lot of people that are alone and what can we do um, to encourage, you know, those people and to connect with them. Um, just thinking even about physical touch, how much, how much do we need that? You know, when you read the research, it's pretty profound as far as needing physical touch and, and having that absence. Um, and so that brought a lot of joy, just delivering those poinsettias and getting to spread, you know, some cheer. That was probably one of the top highlights. And, and then the kids staying in school, like that's been such a blessing. The fact that they haven't had to go online. My kids have just been so thankful to be in school, to be in school learning, to get to still do activities. That has been a huge piece of joy in our household. So. No, that that's great. I'm, and I'm very happy about uh, yeah, our community being able to uh, manage everything we can and still keep the kids in school and everything like that, not have to do um, the distance learning um, like some of the other schools have had to. So that's, yeah, yeah. it's been great. Um, so yeah, I just want to thank you again for um, your time today and your participation. Um, so I just want to leave um, kind of you with the closing, closing thoughts. Um, you get to finish, finish the show with um, you know, words of wisdom or a quote or kind of whatever you want to leave the listeners with. And so the floor is yours. All right. So you know, if I had to think of a quote that has been really impactful to me, it's the one by Nelson Mandela, I think. Um, and it says, education is the most powerful weapon we can use to change the world. Um, and I would put a little caveat, caveat in there. Um, it depends on how we do education. Um, and so I think if we teach, if we teach others how to think instead of what to think, I think that's where the true change happens. Um, I think we can educate in a way where we're just, you know, telling people what to think, but the true educator that is igniting the power and passion in, in others is giving them tools to think for themselves. And that has been amazing for me in the classroom to see in the college setting, you know, and in the classroom setting. Um, and so that is a quote that resonates well with me. And on the days where I'm thinking, is this worth it? I think about the power that can happen from, from education and it keeps me going. That's awesome. Thank you for, for sharing that today. And so thank you once again, um, uh, for taking time out of your day. Um, I hope you have a, a great, um, I think finals week is over for you or it is. We just finished Wednesday with finals and grades are due today. So I hope you um, are flying through those grades and everything like that. And so I wish you a, a good Friday and um, um, you enjoy the rest of your week and I wish you a Merry Christmas as well and a happy new year. So all right. Same to you. Take care. We'll see okay. you around. Thank you. This is 17 County podcast brought to you by the York County Development Corporation in Nebraska. For more information about life and opportunity in the heartland, visit yorkdevco.com. Come grow with us. And if you liked this episode, be sure to rate and review 17 County on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Mm-hmm.